Well, Joe Buck is the preeminent voice when it comes to broadcasting the NFL. He's broadcast six Super Bowls. And most importantly for this weekend, he broadcast the last time these two teams met, San Francisco and Kansas City back in 2020, just before the world changed entirely. But let's forget that. Joe, welcome to Summer Grandstand right around Australia. Hey, Ben, how are you? Yeah, you know, I didn't even put that together. You know, little did we know uh, when we were all down in Miami that the world was about to change with the pandemic. But it was a great game, and uh, I kind of see the same type game happening uh, this Sunday. So, I, you know, who knows how these games turn out. Uh, and I know you're going to ask me about it, but when I look back on that game, it was, it was San Francisco's to lose. And they lost it. And, you know, we'll see what happens uh, here in Super Bowl 58. Yeah, no doubt we'll come back to all of that. A 20-10 to lead. Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers held in that game, that Super Bowl in 2020, with 11.57 left in the fourth. Unfortunately, they lost it. And unfortunately for Kyle Shanahan, that has become a little bit of his story, blowing some big leads in Super Bowls. But in its simplest form, Joe, what are the two storylines of these two teams heading into this Super Bowl? I think it's the it's the play calling of Kyle Shanahan, who, you know, I've worked with Troy Aikman for 22 years. I've, I've never seen him more enthralled with a play caller's ability than he is with Kyle Shanahan. And, and he's got a lot of weapons. You know, it's I think it's going to be interesting to see how Brock Purdy comes out um, I know from talking to Troy that your first Super Bowl, the nerves are bouncing around unlike anything you've ever experienced. And, you know, if, if he's able to settle in, when you've got the kind of weapons they have with McCaffrey and Debo and Ayuk has become a number one receiver and uh, Kittle at tight end and a really good offensive line, at least anchored by their left tackle, I, I think – you know, there's a lot there to love, but then you compare that to Kansas City that, you know, it feels like every year they're in this thing. And with this group, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, their defense, a lot of guys that have kind of been there and done it. And, you know, I, I don't know that the nerves will be as prevalent as they should be for some of the guys with San Francisco. So we'll see. But uh, but that's kind of what I look at going in. How does Pro- Brock Purdy come out of the gate? And and then, you know, how relaxed and poised does Kansas City look? Because they know what to expect coming into a game where there could be 190 million people watching their mm. televisions to see who wins. Uh, the obvious question as well is around Patrick Mahomes. What does this game, this one game, mean for his legacy you know, he's getting there. I, I think I think we have to appreciate just how great he's been. I, I think you start tracking it and you start projecting where he could be with regard to total Super Bowl wins when it's all said and done. And then I think you do have to look at somebody like Tom Brady. When you look at the youth and the age of, of Patrick Mahomes and you look at the body of work that Tom Brady put together, but you still have to you still have to climb that mountain every year. And I think what made Tom Brady so great is his ability to win with a different cast of offensive players seemingly every year and to do it 
without a number one receiver in their prime. I mean, he had Randy Moss at the end of his career, and when he had him, they lost to the Giants. Um, I I think you look at, at his ability to lift everybody around him, and then you look back at Patrick Mahomes, and you know that at some point here, I mean, he's lost Tyreek Hill, but at some point he's not going to have the ultimate security blanket in Travis Kelsey. Kelsey's going to hang it up, whether it's, you know, it could be this year, it could be next, maybe one more after that. That's up to Travis, and he's got a lot going on in his life, as we all know. So, you know, then it's how do you adjust and, and how do you find that same kind of rapport with somebody not named Travis Kelsey. And, and I think that's what Brady did so well and allowed him to win seven Super Bowls, even changing organizations uh, to get the seventh. And we'll just see. Time will tell if, if Patrick uh, ascends to the, to the level of Tom Brady in, in that regard. Joe Buck chatting to us here on Summer Grandstand right around Australia, the veteran of six Super Bowl broadcasts on the main television coverage over in the United States. Joe, I feel like if you delve a little deeper into this Super Bowl, one of the key threads is undoubtedly father-son relationships. Now, uh, your dad, Jack, he broadcast the Super Bowl a number of times on both TV and also radio. Uh, And then we look at some people out on the field. And we've got Kyle Shanahan, the head coach of the Niners, and his star running back, Christian McCaffrey. Now, their dads back in 1994 were a key part of the Niners, the team that they're now involved with, winning a championship in which uh, Mike Shanahan was the offensive coordinator and Ed McCaffrey, the father of Christian, he was the star wide receiver. They move on and Mike becomes the head coach at Denver and they win two championships together there. So what is it about this sport, about sport in general and father-son relationships, Joe? Yeah, it's it's a great question, and and you put it so well because yeah, there there's a direct link uh, between the Shanahan family, the McCaffrey family. There's a lot of genetics going on there, obviously, <laughs> uh, but but I, I think there's also uh, like an immersion that that happens. I had it with my dad, and we're not talking about physical, you know, physical uh, attributes with regard to announcers. And, and we're not talking about that really with regard to coaches, but I think when you're around it as a kid and I can only speak to my own, to my own experience, but I know this from Kyle, I've never talked to Christian about it, that when you're around it as a kid and you see a happy parent, no matter what that parent does, if it's offensive coordinator or head coach in the NFL, or it's a wide receiver for the Denver Broncos, in my case, a sports announcer, or if it's a lawyer, doctor, firefighter, mm. policeman, if you see that parent happy going to work and enjoying themselves, and then you have a good relationship with that parent, I, I think you pay more attention. Um, I, I think you probably are designed to want to do what that parent did to bring those smiles to their face. And I, I thought of something the other day with regard to my dad. And I, I would imagine it applies to, to the other two families and father and son combinations. My dad, when I was a kid, even when I was four, five, six, and then 12 and 15 years old, he always made me feel like he wanted me around him. He always made me feel like he wanted me in the room, learning, seeing, witnessing, growing, getting experience, understanding how things work. And, and I, I wasn't, I don't know that I was aware of it totally at the time and, 
you know, I, I, I probably expected at the time that everybody's parent was doing that with them. But I was really lucky that way. I have six half-brothers and sisters that are older than me. I don't know that they had that same kind of experience with my dad, but he was ready for that with me and, and for taking me around with him and having me in the room. I, you know, that, that's why I'm talking to you today, and that's why mm. I've done those Super Bowls because it was just kind of put into me as a kid. And, uh, you know, I wasn't in awe of the stage because I was around it when I was a little kid. And, and I, th- I think that, that that kind of stuff goes a long way. And it doesn't have to be with professional sports. It can be with you. It can be with anybody who has a, a child who shows some interest in what the parent's doing. Let them know that, that you want them around and bring them there when you can. Yeah, and I think in its simplest or in its simplest form, for me, it's always been the easiest thing to talk to my dad about. Sport, it is a a shared interest, uh, and that's a very baseline thought about it. But we're not great at speaking as men, so sometimes that's the easiest way. Hey, Joe, you're not doing this Super Bowl, but as I said, you've done a number of them. When you know that 100 million-plus eyeballs will be on the television screen and listening to your call, how does it sit with you in the moments before you go on air? It gets you, you know, I, I, uh, you know, those moments, it, it, that's the proper question because it really hits you before that red light goes on for the first time. And you start thinking in those terms, like, man, what would I say here? A hundred million people plus are going to be hearing on, on where, wherever they're watching around the world in some cases. Uh, and, and it can, it can mess with you. I think once the game starts, it starts to feel like a game again. It starts to feel like week three, week four, uh, covering the regular season. But but you're right. I mean, before the game, you try to act like the nerves aren't there. You try to act like it's just another day at the office. You try to act like it's a normal telecast, and it just isn't. So the more you can kind of trick yourself leading into the game that, that it's just a, just another game, and I and I know from talking to Troy about it and others that we've covered in the Super Bowl that have been into multiple. It's it, I think they do this in the locker room as well. You, you've got to almost trick yourself, and then let yourself get into the flow of it. And once that happens, then you can kind of settle down and just call the game. And and I think I'm also I, I I'm also smart enough to know that there's a certain amount of of the population that cares about the broadcast. There's also a very large percentage of the population and audience that's only there to be at a party. It's only there to to watch the commercials. It's only there <laughs> because it's a it's a national cultural event, and they want to say that they were watching the Super Bowl. And, and they really don't care what you say. They don't care who's calling it. They just want to watch the game and watch the commercials and have fun. So I, you can get you can get nuts thinking about all that stuff, but you really it's it's a recipe for disaster and uh you know when when we do it 3 years from now i'll be feeling all those same nerves again and then the game will start and and we'll we'll be good to go hey joe i know you're taking some time out of your uh, your vacation to chat to us so i won't keep you too long uh, we didn't even get to to taylor swift so we've done well there but i, I do want to say <laughs> well i i'll say this we we went through an entire season uh, at ESPN and Monday Night Football with, with no Taylor Swift at any game. But I, I think it's, you know, you didn't ask me, but I'll tell you, I, I think the, the overall is, is really good for the league. 
Um, I, I think it's brought more people under the tent to watch these games. And, hey, the more the better. And the bigger the audience, the better for those of us involved in television and with the NFL. So I'm all for it. And and having two daughters that consider themselves <laughs> Swifties, uh, I, I, I get it from that aspect as well. Uh, thanks for keeping us all company every Tuesday in Australia. We watch Monday Night Football with yourself and Troy. Uh, it takes up from about 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. with the full broadcast countdown and then SVP wrapping it up. So uh, we appreciate your company. No As I let you go, do you have a prediction and an MVP for us? I mean, it's going to be really boring, uh, but I, yes, I, I think meaning my pick's going to be boring, not the game. I think it'll be a good game. Uh, I'm surprised that the Chiefs opened up as the underdog, and I, I think until somebody knocks them off, they would get my nod. And you know, if if you're going to pick an MVP uh, with that team, if if you think they're going to win, I don't know how you go with anybody other than Mahomes. So I. It's boring. I'm sorry. I wish I, I had a, a much more interesting pick, but that's the way I would go as, as we sit here right now. Joe, really appreciate your time. Enjoy the rest of your vacation. Thanks for chatting to us all here in Australia. Absolutely. Thank you, buddy.